Anime Pulse, episode 613. by my co-host Andrew Chan. Hello. Yes, and this week we got we got some stuff to talk about. Uh not uh not all of it pleasant, unfortunately. No. It's been a rough it week for to be anime fans all around the world. Indeed, just the medium as a whole. Yeah. Uh serious blows been dealt, but I'm pretty sure everyone knows what we're talking about. Already. Yeah. But before we get to that rather depressing bit of news, let's go through our IRL stuff. Which I hope is less depressing. Yeah, it's it was okay. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. this past week for me, it was my my niece's first birthday. She turned one years old. And ah, uh, yes. yeah. her name's Khale- yeah, Khaleesi. And I sent her uh-huh. the letter, and my sister just replied to me today that uh, she has received her $100 bill, which she was all excited for. And uh, oh. she says that she'll hold on to the letter, even though she read it to her. You know, like, she held her in her arms while reading her the letter I wrote to her. Because I, oh. I directed it towards Khaleesi. I, uh, uh-huh. I gave her... Uh, she, Gave her a hundred dollars, and then Angie said she, my sister Angie, is going to hold on to the letter until she turns of age, or at least where she can read the letter, and then is going to let her read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, so, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I asked Angie if she was going to like black out the parts or like, and if you're wondering where the hundred dollars is, you should ask your mom. <laughs> and it's it's just right. like she said no no i'll leave it uncensored she'll be able to ask me where it all is it's going in a bank account and i'm not giving it to her mm. <laughs> she'll uh she'll come and collect later once she gets that letter when she opens it yeah she's saying that she's probably gonna put it into like an account for college or something which mm. is cool yeah something that gets interest and stuff you know build up some extra money from it eventually though i will be able to uh I've decided that I'm going to send her these letters with $100 in it until she turns 21. And then at 21, oh, yeah. I'm going to send her $1,000. And then that will be it. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. That will okay. be like my wow. last, like, That's here huge. you are. You've turned 21. Congratulations. $1,000. Save it for a car payment, mortgage payment. Uh, you know, just Damn. go spend it on some shoes, a couple pairs. I know how you girls do. Buy a dragon, burn do, down uh... King's Landing. Who knows? Uh, you do treat your relatives well. Yep. I want That's to be true. the cool uncle, and I'm not going to live that down. I'm going to be the coolest uncle that Khaleesi has ever had. Mm-hmm. Also her only uncle on my on her ah. mother's side. So, I love that technicality. Winning by <laughs> default. I don't know about on her father's side, but I'll at least be uh, pretty good. Hmm. 
Yeah, innocuous bond. That's uh, that's the big thing. My dad tried to get me to buy savings bonds, but I was like, no, no, savings bonds, schnazings bonds. A hundred dollars, though. That's cool. Hmm. I was almost worried it didn't make it to her this week because it was like, oh, we haven't checked huh? the mailbox yet, but we'll check it. And it's like, oh, we got mail, but we don't know if it showed up. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's here, uh, but I don't know if it's been opened yet. Uh-oh. Yeah, but uh, likely, thankfully, it did not get opened. Um, so yeah, oh, uh, that's not the only money I spent though. I have gone out of my way to upgrade my uh, recording equipment for the studio. Oh. It's not here yet, but I will be getting a uh, boom arm mic stand, which will be attaching to my desk, and a uh, shock mount that goes along with it for the Blue Yeti because I've noticed oh. a lot that when I'm typing like you can probably hear it if like I drum my fingers oh, yeah, on the keyboard that or yeah, that yeah. Uh, the mic picks it up really well and that's because the mic's sitting basically right next to my keyboard um, on right, the desk yeah. which is fine because mm -hmm. I can talk right to it the problem is it picks up a lot of those vibrations when I'm picking up and putting down glasses on my uh, not the kind you put on your face, but the kind that you put on, uh, you put to your mouth, you drink, and then you put back down. <laughs> mm. yeah. Delicious. But uh, I don't want to deal with that anymore. The problem is, is that the Yeti is really fucking heavy. So finding mm -hmm. a mic stand that's capable of holding it was yeah. difficult. At first I thought, oh, you know, I'll just buy the boom arm mic stand. The uh, I believe it's called the Compass from Blue. And it's fucking $100. Blue, holy fuck. I mean, it's a nice looking mic stand, a boom arm. But are you fucking kidding me? $100? No, thank you. So I found one that was like 25 bucks. I bought that. And the shock mount, which was like another 20 bucks. So... Got all that together. Uh, it's all off-brand stuff. It's like Eno Gear mm. or Techno Gear or something like that. I think one of them's like Knox Gear and Eno Gear. Um, they're both supposed to hold it and do well, so I've got that coming. So yes, I'm gonna be. You'll no longer be able to hear the keyboard ASMR as Innocuous puts it. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully, I'll hopefully your, to your results. Yeah, because I I definitely usually hear them firsthand. Yeah. And I'd also like the it's also going to be a lot easier to use, too, because I'm going to attach it behind oh. my desk. So I'll be able to push uh -huh. the mic arm back behind my computer and then just pull it out when I need it. So everything will be set up as well. I can even run the cord through the arm. Oh, nice. Yeah. It'll be diff. Yeah. It'll be different. It'll be a cool setup. I think I've never had uh, an arm stand that was able to do. It. I tried to do it before with a snowball that I had. But the snowball was just like, nah, I'm going to weigh like an obese person. And it's like, the arm was just like, Neow. it's like, well, this is useless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else happened this week? Oh, uh, I have have a last second three day weekend uh, because Ooh, nice. I for, uh, on Friday, I'm sitting at work doing la-da-da, just working, and I get a phone call, uh -huh. and I'm like, I don't recognize that number. I'll wait. And then I get a message, and it's like, all right, let's see the length. 30 seconds. That's interesting. Oh, let's listen to it. 
It's like, hello, Joseph, we'd like to remind you you're a dentist appointment on Monday at 8 o'clock. And I was like, oh, oh no, I forgot oh. to put in for the time. So I quickly, I quickly went online and put in on the time. My my operations supervisor even called me because he wasn't in the uh, the office uh-huh. that day. He was like, "Hey, what's yeah. up with this eight hours you just put in on Monday?" And I was like, "I forgot I have a dentist appointment, and this is the right. first time I've ever had one of these things come up where I've like last second did something. I've done it right. once before when I lost hearing in my my left ear." But yeah. that was like day was of. Yeah, that was an mm-hmm. emergency. This was more like I forgot about an appointment I have in like two days. Can you let me have the whole day off? Right, right. So and because you're usually, you know, you're quite a diligent worker. They yeah, he had no problem with it. He was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. And um, he's had me, or I've been reading the uh, Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which is it's not uh-huh. a bad book. Um. It's actually got a lot of good points to it, and uh, my operations supervisor bought it for me, so it's kind of like approved reading material for downtime. So I've been reading that during my downtime at work, and uh, one of like the things it said was like to keep trust. So I like immediately wrote him an apology email and was like, "Sorry, sorry, you know, completely forgot about it. I didn't even think I had any more this year, but apparently I forgot that I only took one this year way back in December." So, right, yeah, yeah. So, so there's and also yeah. There's that. Yeah. Uh, I yep. will. I have the day off tomorrow. I still have to wake up early because it's an eight o'clock appointment. But hey, you know, I, I'm gonna go over to the car wash afterwards, clean out my car, and and then mm-hmm. I'll uh, go to the store and maybe buy some stuff I forgot. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Aside from that, though. I've got uh, really nothing else to update us with. I've been playing more rants mm-hmm. and, you know, watching anime. Yep, as you do. As you do. Uh, how about you? Uh, pretty much the same, watching anime. In fact, actually, I pretty much covered everything I could cover that I was going to watch up to this point, except for stuff that still isn't out yet this season. Um, Man, got to know that the JoJo, the last episode of it, was delayed for two weeks, but the last episode is going to be like a 14 minute long special, so that's going to be exciting. No. Oh. Uh, only one week to go for it. Yeah, it's going to be the conclusion to part five, Vento Oreo, which sounds like a version of the Oreo biscuits. Um, but yeah, no, that means I've watched everything that could possibly watch or want to watch this season. That comes to about 24 anime covered now, um, which isn't actually the most we've usually done for a season, but you know. In terms of previews, it's going to be, you know, I usually don't cover that many of them. I usually have a roundup segment, but we're going to be covering pretty much all of them when we combine our powers, so that'll be cool. But yeah, besides that, work is work as usual. Um, you know, not much else to say. Just trying to just trying to keep on keeping on. Yep, just but then, living out your days. Yeah. Yep, and in the spirits of keeping on keeping on, we're going to move on to uh, community stuff. We've got some comments. Um... From the episode two weeks ago, for <laughs> episode six hundred and eleven. Um, so start off. We have oh, okay, we have ready read out Margie B. So we've got two from Yotaru who says, first off, words mean nothing. End quote. Joseph, an audio podcaster. I don't know what context you said words mean nothing. <laughs> I don't but... know either. I don't remember saying that. I don't know if it's because <laughs> I, I was drinking a lot, 
Yeah. But I don't think it was that. I think it's just because I have a terrible memory. There must have been some context that it makes sense in, but I, I can't remember that. I was also drinking quite a lot last episode, so that doesn't help. Um, but I surprisingly have a decent amount of memory on it, which is unusual, but I think it might just be because of the nice whiskey. Anyways, the next comment is same by Yotaru who says, Okay, so I had to do some research. I just looked at uh, an, my anime list forum post and I was wrong about Gundam Iron Blood Orphans being a harem. Not because there's not more than one lady hot for Mika, Mika, Mikazuki's bod, but because there aren't enough ladies hot for this. Child Soldier? Is this a Shota as well? According to the reliable sources Randall's on Mal, a harem needs at least three people to be interested in into the MC to deem it a harem. So I guess I was wrong. But Mikazuki is still a goddamn ladies' man and badass, so I don't apologize for recommending Ireland Blooded Orphans. I've also heard good things about that version of Gundam. It's been a long time since I've watched the Gundam show, but I've heard good things about it. So yeah. Oh, I accept your apology, Yotoro Vegeta. <laughs> yes. I I didn't realize that was the um. Yeah, because if it's any less than three people in a, in a harem, then it's basically just a love triangle if it's three people. So it has yeah, to be if it's, if it's just a couple girls, it's just uh, or a couple guys or a couple yeah. girls, it's just a love triangle. If it's uh, if it's mm. three or more, then it becomes a harem. Yeah. So, I think I might check out that Gundam at some point in the absence of this, but uh, we'll see. Um. Then we that takes us to our most recent episode, which already has three comments. That's kind of surprising. Posted all by the same yesterday. person, though. <laughs> is it all the same person? Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yotaru starts off with, Welcome to Bummercast. Big Hollywood movies? Haven't seen most of them. The ones we've seen? Nah. I almost welcome back, Vic Talk. Almost. Um, I guess we talked about movies for... I can't remember when we talked about movies or what we were saying about them. Uh, but fair enough. Uh, then he says, whoa, 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 wait, Andy, you haven't seen Game of Thrones? I thought everyone in the UK swore a blood oath to watch every single episode. I guess you found some kind of loophole. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a hit and miss. A lot of people I do know watch Game of Thrones, and a lot of people I talk to are like, what? I think you'd like Game of Thrones. Although, I will say it's a, big, it's a bit more of a shock to people here that I haven't watched the Harry Potter movies, because they're like, what? I expect everybody in the UK to watch the Harry Potter films. <laughs> so that's a little bit more... That's a little bit more of a... What do you mean Hermione Granger isn't your waifu for life? Is she anybody's? A lot of people. She... Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I watched the first three, to be fair, but I just stopped. And everyone was like, why? I was like, I don't know. I just stopped watching them. <laughs> I didn't hate them or anything. I just stopped. I don't know. And then um, he also says, I watched all of the episodes of One Punch Man season two so far. I think that the new animators proved that they were capable of delivering great action, but the mere fact that they weren't the amazing animation team from season 1, most people lost faith. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Early on, they did a lot of tricks to avoid animating action, but they couldn't avoid it as the season went on. They did a really good job of it. The other issue people had was its pacing. For me, someone who doesn't have enough time to read every manga before I watch an anime, I don't know what's coming next, so I don't get that anxiety of the plot not getting to the juicy bits. I think that it's totally fine if One Punch Man is not the focus of some episodes, and I, I was fine with the season stopping where it stopped. Oh, um, oh, this more. Uh, the last episode that had Genos and the martial arts heroes going up against an unkillable ginormous centipede monster, 
I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm going to assume if it's unkillable, Saitama takes care of it. Probably. <laughs> anyway, yeah, probably. Uh, this was the best action scene in the season. The second best was when Garo went up against a bunch of heroes who had him cornered. I think that anyone who gave up on One Punch Man based on the change in aesthetics missed out. That is, if you haven't already re- read the manga. So, that's uh, two cents in about One Punch Man. Yeah, I, I probably will get around to watching the rest of it, just out of, you know... Because I, do I don't think it's terrible, and it's, you know, it's just... It, it's a hard pill to swallow going from season one to two, you know? But Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree. I'm not one of the people yeah. who gave up on it just because the animation took a bit of a nosedive and not because the mm. an- the action wasn't really like, you know, as heart-pounding as the first one was. Right. I'm more of just like, it's not about One Punch Man anymore. It's about all these other characters because they're like, hey, a guy who can punch anything to death in one punch, that's pretty cool, but really boring because he can't be defeated. We need to make yeah. this thing interesting. So we need character development. And how do you develop characters? By introducing other characters. Go. And it's like, oh, well, I no longer have an interest because my interest was in the guy that could punch anything to death. Just keep throwing more stronger things at him. Have, like, God come down and be like, I am fucking God. You can't harm me. And one punch man is just like single finger punch. And it's just, oh, God's dead now. You killed God. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I guess they were going more for sustainability because, you know, eventually it might reach a power creep where it really, you know, it will become Dragon Ball super levels of like, what do we do next sort of thing. Except a lot of, without all the, uh, ha, next time on Dragon Ball Z, ha. Yeah. So they took a gamble on trying to like have all the characters in there too. So, um, yeah, I'll get around to it. Like I said, I've watched up to the episode where they developed Garo in episode three, I think. I think it was episode three. I do think it's all right. I do agree with Blonde, but you know, I can understand Joseph's reasons for dropping it because of the lack of focus on Saitama. But yeah, anyways, that takes us to the forum topic for this week. We don't have any on the previous week's one, so it skips us straight to this week's one, which is favorite Kyo anime, as we all know, and what's going to be covered in the news section, of course. There was recently a tragedy that struck um, Kyoto Animation Studio, but this forum topic is about celebrating because they are an anime studio, so. They've provided us many works over the years, and let's go get around to talking about some of our favourite ones before we get into the heavy stuff, right? So, first we have Rampant AI, who says, I'm going to go with Chunibyo Demo Koi Gashitai, or Love Chunibyo and Other Delusions, as my main pick. I could list Full Metal Panic, or Violet Evergarden, or Beyond the Boundary, or even Haruhi, certainly, but all in all, Chunibyo came at just the right time for me, and then, uh, and my then, nascent? 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 Define... Coming into existence, emerging. Oh, okay. Wow. Learning a new word every time. And my coming to existence anime watching sons. We enjoyed watching the series together very much. A great mix of comedy and drama with a lot of charm, particularly this first season. It continues to hold a fond place in our hearts. Yes, I do think Chunibyo is... um. I don't know if it's underrated, actually. I think a lot of people do like it. Um, it's a unique one. And there was a movie that came out. It's weird because, you know, Chunibyo? Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of the whole thing about Chunibyo until the show happened. 
But then the whole aspect of Chunibyo started popping up in other anime afterwards. Yeah, and I wonder if it's one you of those noticed things... that too? Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's just because like once you're aware of it, you become more, you know, you notice it more. Or if it was because they were following a trend. I don't actually know. I, you, you know, I think there then, were definitely yeah? characters like that in the past where it was like, where they just yeah. call them like, oh, they're just an otaku or, you know, oh, they're just, you know, they're just a crazy character, but they didn't have a word for it. But now they have a word for it. Chunibyo. And everyone's like, oh, Chunibyo. And everyone was like, all the, all the animation studios were like, that's popular. Brand that brand. It's, it's Chunibyo. That yeah. character's a Chunibyo. It's going to get so many views. Which wouldn't be the first time that KyoAni actually sets up some sort of trend in, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have uh, Lucky Star from Blackmagic4444 who mm-hmm. says, I, I didn't think I wouldn't have... Wait. I didn't think I wouldn't have liked the anime based on how the manga was formatted, but it was pretty good. There's also Violet Evergarden, which made me cry. The animation was beautiful, the music masterful, everything came together to make this a masterpiece. And, oh, is it? Yeah, okay, that was about it. I think that's, if I refresh the page, did Blonde post one? Nope. Oh, wait, oh, we do have one from Blonde. There you go. Just got him just in time. And also, Blonde happens to be on the line right now, figuratively and literally. If I had planned this better, we'd actually have her literally on the voice line. <laughs> but, you know, uh, go ahead, take it away. All right, uh, hold on a second. I got to open up the article. Uh, oh, sorry. Did you, oh, okay. Because it wasn't posted. Let me go to forums, and it's in show discussions. That's it, at the top. And then 611? Yep. Uh, oh, there yes. she is. Hey, blonde. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> I didn't realize QAnnie had been around that long. My favorite is recent, though, Violet Evergarden. I could go on about it, but I'll just leave it there. Oh, nice. Short and sweet, Blonde. Very nice. Thank you. Short and sweet. Yeah, cool. Very nice. Uh, a lot of love here for... I think it got mentioned in every single post. Yep. Yeah. Wait till I get... I don't think I've reviewed that one yet, but till I get around to it. It was also another show that Ichigo had watched when he came on. He was thinking about reviewing that as his guest review. But yeah. Was that the one about the girl who's... No, wait. Didn't you talk yeah. about that one recently? I previewed it a while back. Right, you previewed it. The girl who's deaf or something like that? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no, that's that's a silent voice. Ah, that's okay, the, that's the other uh, one. But they also did yeah, that one, Violet right? Evergarden. Yeah, they did that. Kyoto okay. Animation did, um, yeah, did a silent voice. Um, no, it's, it's it's about the girl who becomes... Uh, well, she's, she's a war veteran, basically. Oh, right, uh, and she has the doll arm. Right. Yes, that's right. She's like... Full Metal Alchemist um, Fake Grand Order Saber Edition. <laughs> she looks like Saber a little bit. She does look like Saber a little bit. Yeah. Full Metal Saber. Anyways. But yeah. Um, what about you then, now that we've exhausted the list of uh Well, uh, trying to keep with tradition, I got three here. I'm going to go with uh-huh. uh, no, in no real sensible order, except for my number one pick. Um... I definitely agree with Love Chunibyo and Other Delusions or Chunibyo Demo uh-huh. Koi Gashitai. Uh, really uh-huh. fantastic anime. One of the, yes. although I think it's definitely one of the ones that sends like the trendsetter for KyoAni of like, like oh they're touching pinkies, tee hee hee hee, it's so cute. <laughs> oh, you mean the whole like 
romance doesn't go anywhere past a past a hug. Yeah, it's like much. oh hug. Yeah. Oh my god, a hug is basically she's pregnant now. You hugged her, <laughs> and it's just that's yeah, what I... set Kyoani <laughs> on that path. I still always joke about how it takes until season two to ask if it's okay to hold hands. And then they reset the things in season two too, because at the end of season one, it's like he confessed to her. He confessed to her. He confessed to her, and it was like what confessed. What season two? It's, uh, no confession. Uh, he's just annoyed mm. with her again because she's crazy, Rika. Yeah, and they and they do um they do progress uh, after it in strange that, ways. I think Beyond the Boundaries a good one or Kyokai no Katana or Kanata. Oh yeah, Katana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was pretty good. It had really good fight scenes and action scenes in it. It had also uh-huh. a f- fantastic story to it. And, uh, you know, it had more adorable uh, uh, Mirai, I believe her name was. She was fucking adorable. Like, I still remember, like, the beginning episode where she's chasing um, Akihito around, and she opens up the closet, and, like, all the brooms fall on her, and they're like, bum, 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 and she's like, oh, 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 oh. (laughs) Ah, so adorable. I still haven't seen that one. I've got the Blu-ray. It's pretty it's good. God, the first fight scene they have against um against the main protagonist after he like goes demon demonic, like, oh so good. Mmm, so good. Oh. Ah. Well, uh, that just leaves my number one. This is the highest of all the Kyoannis I consider. And that's Hyoka. Hyoka. Interesting. It is so good the the fucking chemistry but between hotaro and eru it's so it's like it's like putting together coca-cola with mentos it's mm, it just makes you want to explode it's so fucking awesome and and eru is just adorable with her like you know i'm curious kinanimas and (laughs) just just hotaro being this guy like I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Please leave me alone. I just want to go to sleep. Mm. It's so much like me. It was so much like, I understand his pain. I get it. I know where he's been. Because I've been there too, buddy. Mm. And just like watching the dynamic between these two characters unfold and grow. and Oh, it's so beautiful. It's such a wonderful anime. It's an anime that doesn't go fast. It's a slice of life that goes as slow as like something like Musashi. It's so fucking mm. good. That's why I'm kind of surprised that you checked it out. Because, you know, you typically you're not a big fan of slice of life stuff. It was because it said mystery. So I checked that uh-huh. out. And uh-huh. it fucking, it hooked me so hard. I was like a large mouth, mouth bass at like a fishing competition. I was like... Reeled in by KyoAni. Mm. Mm. They got me good. All right. Nice. It's fucking cool. awesome. Yeah. Ah, how about how about you? you? Got any? Uh, what do you got for us? What, yeah. What's your your top picks here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll go with one I don't think anyone else mentioned so far. I want to give some praise to what I was surprised that actually make one of the you know unless I really like would be Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which hit. I think two years ago mm-hmm. the premise sounds really goofy and weird because it's just about like an office lady who one day has like a dragon appear as her maid in her apartment building 
And it starts off, it's a very kind of, it's a very character-based sort of charming sort of one. There's not much of a plot to it. And it's, um, it has to it a lot of, um, you know, really good secondary characters, a lot of relationships going in, uh, on in there and a lot of development to it. It's kind of in its purest form a lot of what I find Kyoto Animation to be best at. They're not really known for having a huge, like, complex plot, plot sort of thing going. So when it comes to having characters that interact and they develop a relationship over time um, and learn to understand each other and have all these conversations that are quite interesting, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid keeps the tone quite light but also progresses them in that sort of way. And, you know, all the dragon designs are all very uh, charming and cute in the same way that basically only KyoAni can do. So definitely a surprisingly good show. Uh, my favourite um, situation in that is like a relationship that happens between like, this black dragon called... I think it's called Nephilim or something. Uh, and he becomes friends with this otaku guy. And there's just an episode of those two hanging out and playing games and stuff. And it's it's quite a good episode. I like that one. Anyways. So yeah, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Pretty good show. Um, haven't reviewed it yet, actually. So I'll have more time to go into detail at some other point. Um, the other one I'm going to mention at least a second. You know, it, somebody already mentioned it. But I didn't give it didn't give it as much detail as I'd want to. Is the OG super popular show from The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Yes, even season two, I did somewhat enjoy, I have to say. And it makes it all worth it for the film. But yeah, Haruhi Suzumiya is a fantastic fight, uh, light novel adaptation that um, to this day remains one of my favourites. Um, I like pretty much most things about it. I like the... Ca- well, I have watched Rampant. I have watched the whole Endless Eighth. Okay, I don't love that part. I do on some <laughs> level actually appreciate it. It's, it's hard to describe um but on some level because the thing is is although it is eight episodes of the same events happening if you think about it each episode is it's not like they re rebroadcast the same episode they actually reanimated it all eight times with different clothing different scenes different combinations of events but it's essentially the same summer that's happening but sometimes they change the activities around so if you think it's tedious for you imagine how tedious and dedicated you'd have to be as an animator on board you know making that um no i love the premise is fascinating the way it's had all that meta commentary on you know anime tropes with the stoic character and yuki nagato definitely best girl in my opinion is yuki um and then you know and the whole concept of god and stuff and kion himself the main character who does all the monologuing and stuff he himself is also one of my favorite protagonists that you typically can get in an anime because his inner monologues are quite you know they're relatable and they're you know they're long and drawn out and sometimes quite funny so I like the way he comments on things. So very good. Um, it gets really good eventually. And it's, I think it's the, the biggest tragedy is that because of how season two is and because of how hard it is to get people into Haruhi, um, they'll miss out on the what I really like, which was the movie. The, uh, the, the, the full movie, Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, is one of my favorites. It's uh, really good. And the sad thing is you have to see the whole series to appreciate it, which is a shame because was that? it's one of those films I was remember. Was that done oh, by KyoAni? Yeah, it was. Yep. Hmm. Also done by KyoAni. Yeah, you're thinking of The Disappearance of Yuki Nagato is, is done by someone else. But oh, the movie... Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. The, the movie is done by them. Um, But, um... Oh, man, but Inokyo's Blonde, that's why I liked about it. It's because sometimes he finds himself forced into situations um, 
he finds himself forced into situations, but he has to act against his better judgment and stuff. And I do find, like, eventually he becomes quite well-developed because of it. Especially in the film, when, you know, he... Oh, man, I don't want to spoil it. Fuck it. I can't spoil it. Damn it. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So, Harry is really good. Don't want to go on too long about it. Maybe one day I can... I don't know. I think it's probably been reviewed already, to be fair. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, and number one mention, and, you know, that just stands as, te- as a testament to how much how high of a studio in terms of uh, praise I can give Kiwani is that two of these shows have at least a nine or higher on my anime list. So that just shows this, the, this other one I'm mentioning is I've already praised it. Nietzsche Joe. You probably maybe saw that coming. Um, it's a comedy show. Not really much. I could say to describe it really because it's got so many characters in it and skits, but is that it the is... one where the principal fights a deer Yes, that is the one where the principal <laughs> fights the deer. It's got all sorts of things. It's got the three primary main characters are these three schoolgirls, but then there's also a side set of main characters as well with a robot who lives with a scientist called Nano. It's uh, But then there's all these other interspliced side characters and skits that happen, and it's just like, you know, everyday life mixed with just moments of absurdity, and it's just, oh, it's just such a charming show. And it's so hard for me to describe, but... Uh, Anukris Blonde says that it was very teenagery. I was told for yeah, it might have been Anukris. It might be a moment where uh, it might be a thing where I maybe ran into the anime at the right time, sort of thing as well. So I probably could acknowledge that too. Maybe I'm being a bit nostalgic because you know I think Disappearance was one of the few films I actually went to go see by myself for the first time when I was younger, and uh, the bus journey home reminiscing about the ending was just. Oof. Anyways, sorry, gushing too much, but yeah. That's um, that goes it for my three main picks of Kyoto anime favorite stuffs. Yep, different strokes for different folks. Tenokius, I agree. All right. All well, right. I believe that does it for community and IRL news, which means yep. we can we can get on to our Kyoani piece of news here. Yeah, Kyoani news. So, um, yeah. So this is this is the only thing we're talking about today. It's the only piece of news we really want, or I really wanted to cover during the show, and that is the uh, arsonist attack on Kyoto and Kyoto Animation Studio One. Yeah. uh, Yeah. If you if you I I didn't even find this out about seeing it on like ANN or any kind of anime news outlet it was on NPR that's how big this oh, yeah, was oh yeah yeah even normies that aren't really into anime had all heard about it sometimes before i did so yeah it's it's been, it's been, it's big news you know yeah it was uh if you have been living under a rock however yeah uh, the news kills. is that uh, Kyoto animation who we just talked about, gave you plenty of examples of what their anime is. Um, yep. They were recently suffered an attack by an arsonist at their Studio mm. One building, which handles about 80% of their work. And uh-huh. uh, the arsonist attack totaled a number of 34 injured victims. As, uh, oh, actually, altogether it's, it, altogether it's 69 
injured and dead, but right. the death toll's become 34 now. Yeah, it was 34-34, right? Yeah, it's 33 on the reported news, and then just more recently somebody died in hospital, so it's now 34 employees. Right, and one and, of the victims was... who was injured actually had to have both their legs amputated because of damage. That sucks. Oh, also there are some, um, apparently like work, like some other like service staff that are went missing, so expect, you know, they might get... Yeah, the toll might again. go up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um... It, it happened in Kyoto's Fushimi ward. The uh, alleged attacker was a 41-year-old man who entered... By the way, uh, this only came in three days ago, but apparently it was really well-timed as well because um, it was a day where their security system is down. Because the building, um, from what I can see here, has like one of those ID card scan things to open the doors. But it happened on a day where they were expecting like guests and like like such as the press... And other promotional media crews to be coming in. Yeah, I'm. I'm. So I would definitely assume that the building is like high end security. This is Kyoto Animation, after all. It's got to be like yeah. the Mother Teresa of animation studios. You don't want people fucking with it. Yeah, especially since the you know according to the CEO, yeah, um, they had already been um receiving things such as like threats of violence over the years anyway. So they were on high alert and they were forwarding such things to the authorities. But this attacker seemed to went in on a day where the actual security was a little bit more lax because of the security system being disabled for cards. So it's, a, you know, I'm wondering if he, if the attacker actually had insight into that. Um, in terms of motives, we don't have 100% certainty right now. But what we do know is that during it, he did shout um, Pakuri, which is a term... Uh, to describe uh, copying or plagiarizing a creator's art- artistic work. Um, statements they say they also heard him say was, they stole my novel, so they set, so I yeah. set the fire. So it seems to be uh, an attack with a kind of a motive of interest where, I don't know, the guy seems to be nuts and thinks that they've stolen his work or something. Yeah, I think um, at first when I saw this, I was worried. I was like, no, it wasn't like some fucking crazy otaku was it that's like my waifu for laifu you can't you can't do this to her or something like that and i was like oh thank god it was just a fucking crazy person who thinks they stole his work because they're they're uh i believe it was um let's see here what was it who was it that uh huh i think someone See, I'm trying to find the bit here where they refuted his claims. Refuted his claims? Yeah, here it is. Okay, so um Suspecto Police say he started the fire because he alleges Kyoto Animation stole his novel. Uh right. Hata stated on Saturday that he never heard of the suspect's name before, and no one by the suspect's name has submitted a novel to the company. Uh, right. Which, if you don't know, Kyoto Animation does solicit, uh, solicit drafts from novelists as part of the right. Kyoto Animation Awards program, which, if you submit something, yeah. they may very well turn it into an anime if they yeah. think it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Now, this whole attack, though, has been recorded as being one of the worst mass murder incidents in Japan since World War II. Right. The only other fire that rivals it 
that slightly um, has more is a fire that happened in 2001 in Tokyo Shinjuku neighborhood, which took 44 lives. Um, it remains the deadliest in the area. Yeah, and only um, only back then arsonists were suspected but never confirmed. Right. Yeah. So yeah, amongst the seven, you know, seventy plus workers in there, like over half of them are injured, um, and then amongst the actual lost work as well, like thousands of drawings of animation, both on paper and computer, have been destroyed. So it's it's an all round disaster, including like what work they could actually salvage. And as a result of this, the free movie has been cancelled. You said maybe Violet Evergarden, the film's been cancelled as well in light of this. It's the Violet Evergarden, the movie, was to be announced still. So oh, right, okay. I'm definitely thinking that if this was being worked on at that studio and they lost all the work for it, mm-hmm. yeah, it might. Yeah. yeah. And it's a different movie because there was Violet Evergarden, um, Ian Tojito... Yeah. Shunki Nigyo, which was another movie right. that came out back in 29th or September of uh, uh-huh. or is going to come out in September of 2019. But there was another mm-hmm. Violet the or Violet Evergarden the movie, which uh, which was a continuation of the Violet Evergarden series, mm-hmm. which is now yeah. to be announced. Which mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, and of course uh, they also they, of my- yeah they also had one. One anime that they uh, were working on as well. Is that what has that one actually been cancelled as well, or it's know? another to be announced? Like everything about it was to be announced. It was called uh, right. Twenty Sen- Senki Denki Moku Roku. All right. No idea what that would have been about. Um, it was one of the but, ones though uh, that like was submitted to the novelist. Uh, Novelist Awards for Kyoto Animation won. So. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, and this sent in from Al Gazeera mentions that amongst the people that was lost was a legendary director, Yasuhiro Takemoto, who has worked on such anime there as Amagi Brilliant Park, Melancholy Ohari Susumiya, Yoka, Lucky Star, Nichijo, Violet Evergarden, and Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. So it's quite a large resume. So a real loss to the industry in terms of not just work people there but to to put it on a more positive note towards the end the reception in terms of you know people sending support and you know trying to you know sending support towards the company and such and even setting up a sentai filmworks has started a gofundme which has already to this point garnered over 1.6 million dollars to help with the recovery um i'd encourage anybody who within their means wants to support um kyoto animation and give back and hopefully try and salvage what they have as well as you know hopefully some support would go out to the loved ones of the deceased uh maybe donate consider donating to that gofundme yeah the uh the president who i mentioned for uh before uh hideki hata he actually uh-huh. said that they're um considering demolishing the entire building and creating a public right. park and at the spot of the fire there will be a monument which will be yeah. erected to uh, commemorate the staff who died during the attack. Mm. So right. this may very well, like Studio One has been like a a mainstay name for years and years and years of Kyoto Animation, and it's gone now. Like it, yeah. Whatever way it goes, it's either going to be demolished and turned into a park, and with a 
placard on it that you know will commemorate the dead mm. or it's just gonna be sold off i don't ever see them reusing this place because the damage to it is pretty severe yeah it's probably unsalvageable and i'm not sure i mean i'm not sure they'd want to given what's happened as well um and just a it's just a waste of life man there's no real way to put it but, and any you know, work that they but, could salvage has probably already been transferred over to studio two Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I hope this isn't the end for Kyoto Anime. It's going to be very hard to pull back from this, but you know. Yeah. yeah. I don't also, know. You know, either way, remember them for what good they also brought, uh, like we did with the uh, forum topic. Yeah. I hope it's not the end of them because, as we all yeah. know, Kyoto Animation is one of the top tier animators out there, one of oh, the they- best. Mm. And yeah, uh, absolutely. to see them go away, it would be like yeah. the end of an era for anime. Yeah. I mean, in an industry where like some <clears> studios <throat> pump out one show every season or every two seasons, Kyo Anime is one of the few ones that because they put so much like film quality animation into their episodes, um, that they're able to release something like just once a year. But it's always like a huge event whenever they do release something, you know, pop of like a watch. Like a must-watch list is typically a Kyoto anime, so yeah, I'd hate to see it end here. Um, very sad. I will say though, I hope that that guy that started the fire, mm. I yeah. hope he gets executed. Like he needs to die. There's no jail time for this guy. He is a mass murderer. He just kill him. That's what needs to happen. I hear right now they have him in um intensive care because he sustained injuries from the fire yeah but it doesn't sound like he's gonna pass on from it he's still surviving and if he ends up like in a coma or something unplug that asshole fucking dickhead i think they may be wanting to get because when this you have these sorts of incidents oftentimes people they take their own lives before getting caught so they may want to try and probe him for information first as well i assume yeah, so we may have more updates in the future on this news, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot to take, a lot to take in. Yep. For now, just you know, more send support if you can. Up to you, of course. But uh, yeah, anime seen better days, mm-hmm. or better weeks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all I gotta say. Anything else? No, I believe that uh, that does it for our piece of news here mm-hmm. in which case we could should probably get into our second episode of previews mm-hmm. in a world where laughter was king uh no in a world jack what do you mean no in a world it's not that kind of movie yeah and i guess i'll start us off here uh let's see i've got two so i think i'll get us started off here with uh, the one i watched first which uh english title to the abandoned sacred beasts or uh katsute kami data kimono tachi e so the uh anime opens up and we're looking at a northern union of Patria versus the Southern Confederation of Patria. Very uh, American Confederacy kind of thing. Civil War-like. Uh-huh. 
And the two nations are fighting while the narrator voice is going on about how the the Northern Union is not doing too well against the Southern Confederation. Fucking Confederation of work. And we watch our Northern Union, who is attacking a seemingly impenetrable fortress, get mowed down like like the Allies were on the beaches of Normandy. Like, just Mm. being destroyed. Mm -hmm. That is until a bunch of people clad in white robes stride forth, not being attacked at all by the Confederacy, and they transform into... Giant beasts. One guy turns into a dragon. You got another guy who turns into like a winged gargoyle. Another guy who turns into a snake. A woman who turns into like a siren. Uh, monsters galore. They have very different designs. Very unique. And they mm-hmm. demolish this fortress. They just destroy it. They're led by a guy whose name is Hank. 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 Oh, Hank. Wow. Yes, his name is <laughs> Hank. Like Hank okay. Hill. Uh, it's <laughs> Hank Henrietta, but it's Hank. <laughs> Hank. It's a very unusual name for anime protagonist. I know, I was yeah. like, Hank, huh? Okay. Right, Hank. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So, it goes along, and uh, Hank is the captain of this squad, where the... Uh, the monsters are called the incarnates, I believe is mm-hmm. what the word was. And they transform into giant mythical beasts, apparently. Although some of these mythical beasts I didn't recognize. And I like to think of myself as something what somewhat of a myth bust. A myth. Mm-hmm. A myth buff. Myth buff. It's a little hard myth to buff. say. That so yeah, I try saying that. Mm. I was a little bit befuddled by some of these creatures. I knew some of them were. Like you saw werewolves, and you saw, like, uh, centaurs, and you saw the siren, but then you saw, like, this guy that just looked like a giant mass of muscle with eyeballs in certain places, and it was like, what? I don't know about that. I don't know. any case, anime goes along. We see that uh, these are still people, though. They have all been humans at one point in their lives, that they were transformed into the incarnates, by a uh, let's see here if I a name a woman named Elaine Blue Lake, another very American name. Uh huh. In fact, uh, all the people in this anime so far have had very American or English names. Like there was one guy named Eddie, another guy a guy named John, another guy named Christopher. <laughs> A guy named Arthur. <laughs> Roy. And I was like, huh. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Hank is uh, one of three war orphans um, uh-huh. who were a part of this uh, orphanage, along with the doctor. Uh, the other orphan was a guy by the name of Kane Madhouse. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> what a last name for this guy. I know. Wow. And uh, they all, his whole, whole, whole squad kind of pick on the Captain Hank about his uh, 
his interest in the doctor. He is madly in love with her, but he doesn't want to confess to her until the war is over. Unfortunately, as the war continues on and on and on, the Doctor notices that the Incarnates are suffering from effects of these, this drug that she gave them. And they're starting to become more and more like the beasts that they are transforming into. Mm. Until eventually one of the beasts, which was like a hybrid, or a hybrid, a Hydra kind of character... It had like three mm-hmm. uh three necks to it and uh, its poison was very venomous and it could spit out like a gaseous cloud and it ends mm-hmm. up at one point attacking a bunch of uh POWs and even its own allies until it was gunned down by the the union and it comes mm-hmm. out at that point that the I guess whatever the doctor did, these people is turning him slowly into the monsters that they personify. Um, Uh And they are losing reasoning. Like during, during that uh, time where the Hydra guy was dying, he was like, it's not me. I'm not, I'm not controlling it. And we can see like his other eyes freaking out. So Mm -hmm. it's very likely that they're losing their sanity. Well, mm-hmm. Hank creates a pact. He's like, listen, everyone, if one of ours goes berserk like that again, everyone here has to kill them. That pact is right now. If you go crazy, you have to kill that person. Mm-hmm. So, it continues on, however. The war continues to rage on until eventually... Um, Elaine pulls Hank away and tells him, hey, war is going to be over soon. Uh, Higher-ups have already started writing about how they're going to be signing a peace pact with the Confederacy, and both sides are going to join back up. Hank's like, whew, thank goodness, we can all rest easy. And Elaine's like, but yes, incarnates, however, have no place in the next world. And she pulls out a gun and shoots Hank. And she shoots him with a special bullet, not a uh, not a silver bullet like you would shoot a uh, shoot a werewolf. No, no, mm-hmm. she shoots him with a chemical bullet that's supposed to like kill off his uh, his like other half to him peacefully, which is supposed to kill him entirely. Uh huh. But it gets lodged inside of him, and he can't move. And Kane comes out, who's his like second in command. And uh-huh. Lane's like, here's the other gun, you know, let's go around, kill these people. And Kane's like, I don't think so, bitch. And puts the gun to her chest and blows a hole through it. Oh, dear. Da-da-dun. Yeah. And at this point, you're thinking, ah, she's dead. And I can see why he did it, because he's like, fuck you, bitch. We're going to live. I don't give a fuck that you turned us into these weapons and made us all, you know, basically go crazy. I'm going to survive. All right. I get it. Hank Mm. passes out and wakes up two months later where a very busty and uh, pretty commander shows up. And she's like, yeah, you've been asleep for two months. Uh, Everyone's gone missing. We've kind of dismissed the whole company. But the people who we dismissed are going really crazy and they're terrorizing things. They're killing people. Can you tell us what happened? And Hank's like, hey, 
where did Cain go? Where did Elaine go? And this commander says, uh, well, uh, Elaine's gone. She's missing. So who knows? Maybe she's not dead. And Cain is also gone off on a crazy thing. A crazy right. killing massacre thing. Mm-hmm. At this point, we still haven't seen what monster Kane is. But considering that Hank is a werewolf, I'm going to venture a guess that Kane is a vampire. Oh, you weren't going to say Frankenstein. No. I think that he's probably a vampire because the whole werewolf versus vampire thing. Oh. Unique. Not since Helsing have we seen something so unique. Yeah. So. <laughs> fucking. Yeah. So. Uh, that. Uh, that about uh, almost ends it as uh, Hank gets out of his bed. Breaks open. Breaks a wall after he hears the news. And it the, the cool thing about this though is that the anime ends with the end credits rolling. But the anime is still going. And it shows us uh-huh. that Hank's hair has turned white. So he's a white werewolf uh-huh. now, and he uses mm. this like spear thing, and he attacks one of his own comrades from before who have killed and robbed a family, and mm-hmm. blows up that other person. It was like a lizard guy who can turn invisible. Uh huh. And then turns oh, into yeah. a werewolf and like chokes him to death. Right. So yeah. He's pretty, he's fulfilling the vow about yeah he's fulfilling his it. whole pact of if you guys go yeah. berserk we kill each other mm-hmm. but it appears that he's the only one doing the killing now so he's like a hunter who's going out and killing all these monsters who are going crazy his end goal is probably to find Kane and what happened to Elaine I'm guessing Elaine's also been turned into some kind of monster as well who knows mm. but yeah possibly he may I'm, be forcing her to make more monster serum. That could be it. Or it could be like Kane could be making her turn him stronger maybe, as well. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. He could have turned her into a slug slave for all I know. But the anime ends and we have uh, we see preview where it's there's another character who will be joining our main protagonist, Hank, who is a younger girl. Uh-huh. And uh Yeah, that's uh really about it. It's uh, so far the first episode is just a war happened. People the the north was desperate, they turned people into monsters, the monsters went berserk, ended up starting killing other people, the war ended, the monsters went around going crazy, just attacking things randomly. They're too powerful to be killed normally, even though we clearly saw them being killed during the war. And yeah. so it's up to Hank to save us all. Right. Yep. Cool. I will say, though, that commander chick who shows up um, with, like, uh-huh. the, the swirly hair, like, mm. Uh-huh. Nice. Mm. You're nice. Tight? Oh, she's fucking hot. Like, I'll, I'll post a... I'll share, I'll share a, a screenshot with all my homies here. And, uh... I can't actually remember what she looks like. There she is. Um, oh, the swirly hairs. Yeah. Mm. Swirly hair with the little, picture. the little mold on mm. the boobie and and the short skirt. Mm-hmm. I let her She's step also on me. Blonde. Mm-hmm. Literally choke me. 
Uh, kinks aside, I'm going to continue watching this. I see. Well, hopefully it turns out to be good all the way through. Can't wait to hear what the twist is. You know, if any of your guesses right now were correct. But yeah. yeah. Cool. Nice. So, moving along. Yes, indeed. What have you, what's your first one for us? Right. So, um, it may not be obvious enough looking at the listings on the website of what I'm going to be previewing, but the theme between the two shows today will be um, shows that contain an all-female main cast, but with the premise of providing information, edutainment, if you will. They're sort of like Eurocamp from like last year that fits into this genre. However, both favour the occasional fan service shots over cuteness. Uh, to better demonstrate this for educational purposes again, of course, I'll be posting images to the on-air chat on Discord to go along with what I'm saying. So, subtle plug there, if you're listening, why not consider joining? I can't think of a reason not to. Anyway, subtle plug done first. Uh, anime I've got for you first is a short show called Sonan Deska, or also known as Are You Lost? The episode starts out with the four main girls lying washed up on a beach. They begin introductions with each other, seeing as they weren't uh, in the same class accompanied by um, some 100% necessary close-up shots of the girls. You got yourself a glasses girl, a sports girl, um, a generic girl. Then there's the sort of protagonist girl with the two twin tails, who's all stoic and mentions before the opening hits that she's been stranded on an island before. Post-opening, we get... We get like a flashback 20 hours before the opening scene. Um, we can see Twin Tails is adrift on a piece of what appears to be a plane wreckage as she dreams about the various sorts of training she got from her dad. Typical stuff like how to wield a combat knife, how to eat slugs, and that moose, test- and that moose testicles are a rare meat delicacy that can, only be- that can be eaten raw. This causes her to say... Balls stink, Papa, in a, in a line that would confuse anybody who is just watching her sleep. Um, but the girl awakes to find that she is adrift with the other three on a floating piece of debris. So now that all three of them, um, now that all three of them are awake, uh, their first problem is finding water, of course, because you know one of the girls is dumb enough to actually suggest that they drink seawater. <laughs> And so Twin Tails goes into a detail about how the body reacts to lowering percentages of water before death. She's pretty much the Bear Grylls, as seen by the flashback um, of the group. She's experienced with survival and stuff because of her training from her dad uh, in in the wild. And so she's going to be that go-to character that everyone else is going to have to listen to. Oh boy! As they sit there, a school of flying fish pass by from which Bear Grylls is able to knock one of them onto the surface. She then explains to them that um, she then explains to them that they shouldn't eat it because digesting food takes too much energy as well, and thus wraps the fish up in her shirt, pans it into mush, and wrings out the fluid, which, you know, causes the other girls to kind of like, ew, in disgust, because she says that's one way to get fluid into you. Right. Uh, still, Beer suggests that the flying fish indicate, indicate that they aren't too far away from land, and while two of the other girls mentioned that there's nothing but water as far as they can see, Glasses Girl uses her glasses powers to explain that the horizon isn't as far as they may as it may appear by using Pythagoras' theorem. So I guess there may be times where other characters get to actually explain stuff, but for the most part it looks like it's going to be um, Survival Girl. 
Then Generic Girl um, demands that they find another less disgusting way of getting water. And so Bear asks her to lie face up, her eyes closed and her mouth open, leading leading to a skit where main girl... Yep. (laughs) Yeah, you know where this is going. Leading to a skit where main girl's about to pee in her mouth, explaining that it's sterile when 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 fresh. (laughs) She misses, she misses the girl's mouth and everyone's like, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. And she's like, you know, she can't see. You know, the girl's got her eyes closed. She's like, hey, what's taking so long? I'm thirsty. Now, oh my god. So, come, uh, come sunset, however, the girls are now in low spirits as no one has come to rescue them with one of them breaking down into tears. Skipping to the next morning, however, they spot that they have drifted towards what looks to be an island. Swimming towards it, however, they are, they do have one more issue. A tiger shark, which Bear manages to ward off by ripping the battery out of her phone and throwing at throwing it at the shark. She then later explains that sharks have something in their noses that makes them especially sensitive to the slightest electrical shock. So, you know, the battery works that way. But it does rid them of the one possible resource they could use to possibly signal for help. So it's kind of a it's kind of a trade-off. Did now, none of the other wondering- girls have a phone? They do, but like they have, she she talks about how she has one of the, those old kind of phones that are more sturdy and can kind of take the water. They all have like your smartphone sort of stuff. Ah, okay. So those get those get fried by seawater much easier than like an old brickish phone that's used for survival. Because you know the other main girl is like ready for survival whenever. So, um, that black magic. In my defense, this is not a Moe Blob show. Technically speaking, like I mentioned, Moe Bob shows only go for cuteness. This show goes, you know, this show and the other um, show goes for more traditional fan service sort of scenes. So, my defense, I wouldn't even count this as Moe Blob. Also, Moe Blob tends to have no plot whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, wandering the coast a bit, Bear elaborates that she has gotten lost several times in her journeys traveling across the world, whether it be the Atlantic Ocean, the Indian, and Pacific Oceans as well. And then Glasses Girl collapses due to dehydration. Leaving her in the shade, Generic Girl uh, and Bear, no, with Generic Girl, Bear and Sports Girl prepare to find water source since, by Bear's explanation, they are in the wrong location and lack the equipment to produce drinkable water any other way. Early on in the scene, we see Bear catch something in the air um, and eat it, but we don't know what it is until momentarily, you see. See, Glasses Girl mentions that she's feeling lightheaded, to which Bear instructs her to keep her saliva in her mouth and breathe through her nose. But when Glasses Girl says that her mouth is already dry, Bear gives her saliva her own way uh, via the via a Yuri kiss. Now, if that wasn't shocking enough for uh, for Glasses Girl, um, she chokes. She she feels something in her mouth and pulls it out to find that she's got like a leg of what looks to be an insect there, because it turns out that Bear was actually eating locusts earlier on that she had. Oh found. my god! <laughs> so. The, that brings the short episode to a close with a pan up uh, as Glasses Girl laments that her first kiss tasted of locusts. So. Gross. Yep. So, uh, that was a thing. They definitely toned down the uh, blatant fan service after the post opening scene, at least, which is good. And what you have left is basically a survival guide with anime girls, of course, because, you know, nothing more, nothing less. What would you expect? The animation is brought to us by Studio Izola. This is their second show since Happy Sugar Life, which I mentioned during my last, re- <laughs> well, my recent review. And this is pretty much as far as you can get of a departure from the last thing they worked on. Um, 
Except you know, the other thing that's parallel, I suppose, is the slight Yuri moments. Presentation-wise, it sounds like a vehicle for fan service and squick. Yeah, what? I don't know what squick means. You have to explain that to me, Rampant. Um, Presentation-wise, it just sort of it's just sort of okay. It's got a kind of clean and modern looking enough, but it's not going to set the world on fire either with its you know animation or music or whatever. So, uh, so it's an anime. Oh. When did they find the smoke monster and the hatch? I don't know. I know those are lost references, but um, coming soon. Maybe episode five. There's only three episodes out at the moment, so um, not yet. Not yet. Do they um, talk about at all, like how they got to the island? Like, hey, you know what happened to the plane, and were we the only ones who died? I don't think so. Uh, they're on a. <clears throat> While they're on the plane wreckage, the reason that they are there is that this was a school trip. So, we do know that it was a school trip. It was, like, their first one, too. Um, and they do seem... It does seem like they are the only survivors. Um, unless somebody else, like, drifted off, you know, those other wreckage pieces that drifted off further. Right. But from what we see, they seem to be the only survivors. And they seem to be on the piece of wreckage long enough to put, like, a, t a makeshift flag up to try and get help. But nobody came for them, so kind of just happened um so it's an anime that will only really sell based on its premise of being a survival instructional show and while i can't say i'd imagine the information here being something you'd really put into practice because you know they're really like hardcore if you're out in the middle of nowhere this is what you can eat and what you can do and here's your tips of what you want to do um i um so i can't say i'd imagine putting them into practice the subject matter is interesting enough, I suppose, um, helped by the fact that it's only running for 12 minutes at a time, to make it a show that I might pop on every now and then, I suppose. But, you know, again, not going to set the world on fire, but for a 12-minute show, it's okay enough. Not f super funny either, though, which is, you know... I I I'd like it more if it had better comedy, but um, as it is, at least the information in it is fairly interesting, at least what survival girl says is quite interesting when she explains about how they could get water in different ways and but yeah it's it's pretty harmless as it is and that's pretty much all i gotta say okay yep i'm actually surprised you're gonna may continue that one that's uh that's yeah. uh probably yeah. as shocking as it was that i continued um Mouse uh, Mouse Hummer Hummer try. try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. I was surprised too. Yeah. I might, might surprise you for the next one as well. Wait, wait. Alright. Well, uh, speaking right. of departures, let's leave your mm -hmm. preview and come to mine. Indeed. And uh, my last preview for today is uh, English title If It's for my daughter, I'd even defeat a demon lord. Or, Uchi no Musume no Tame Navaraba? Uh, Nara... Navaraba? Although I think the English, or the uh, <clears throat> shortened version is just Uchi Musume. <clears throat> so, anime opens up. We got a generic anime-looking guy whose name is uh, Dale. Dale, you know, very, Dale. my theme today is American names. Yeah, His name is Dale. Un unusual names for anime characters. Yeah, no last name so far. He's fighting a bunch of weird looking monsters. 
gets splashed with some of their blood, and he's like, no wonder no one took this job. Ugh. He summons forth some water spirit who tells him where some water is, and he follows it to go and clean his clothes and cook some fish. Where he hears rustling in the bushes, he grabs a sword, he turns to it, and it's a cute little girl who just stepped out of the bushes, attracted by the smell of his fish. He notices that she has horns on her head, very tiny little small black horns. One of them's broken. He remarks how only devils who have been exiled have a broken horn. And she must be exiled. He thinks to himself, ah, but she's all alone? That's very odd. And so he feeds her, is about to leave, and then she attaches to him like a, you know, like some fucking leech, like, don't go, please don't go. And he's, they're kind of talking to each other in a broken uh, demon dialect or devil dialect uh-huh. because as Dale knows how to use summoning magic, the uh, incantations for summoning magic or for summoning any kind of magic at all is the devil language. So... He'll, like, piece together pieces of words without, like, you know, calling forth a hurricane or anything to talk to her, which is kind of cute. You know, it's a good way to begin things, you know, a language barrier. Mm -hmm. She leads him off to where she talks about how there's this person or being named Ragul who said to not come near him anymore. And that's because he's dead. And he warned her that other wild animals might come to try to eat him. So, Dale gives him a proper burial, and is like, all right, well, what am I supposed to do with you? And uh, the girl who we, name, who we now learn the name of is Latina, and uh, he's like, you want to come with me? And she's like, yes, and immediately brightens up. And so, uh, she follows him to the nearby town. Uh-huh. Where he is able to take her to a inn uh-huh. or some kind of tavern or something like that where he's renting a room in the attic. And uh, he brings her through the back door where the one of the uh, tavern or pubs uh, cook is uh, <laughs> turns him and is like, hey, you can't go picking up kids like you would a dog or a cat. He, Good he advice, explains him the situation real quick, like, I found her in the forest, you know, he, mm. I gotta, can, I can borrow the bath real quick. Takes her to the bath, immediately strips her where she gets very embarrassed at the first thing. So she's a little bit more mature than she may appear, because she definitely appears like a little girl. But, he's able to, being an 18-year-old, as we learn, he's very mature about it and has, you know, no weird, like, lollycon feelings about it. Puts her in the tub, gives her a good scrub, makes her all pretty. The other half of the tavern slash pub shows up, who's a woman, who's like, oh, illegitimate child? He's like, I just turned 18. How would I have had the time to do that? Listen, buddy. There's plenty of time since you turn 18 to make an illegitimate child. Especially medieval ages. Yes, especially medieval ages. Yeah. Explains the situation again, then gives us the, you know, synopsis of why he can talk to her in his broken devil dialect. Mm-hmm. Puts her to bed for the night, you know, stroking her hair, making us feel all sorts of cuddly feelings in our heart, like, oh, that's so adorable. Falls mm-hmm. asleep, wakes up, 
lets her go to the bathroom because she uh, has to go. Goes back to bed, wakes up again, brings her downstairs where she gets a new hairdo, twin, twin tail style. So she's got little things that kind of cover up her horns where the uh, female half of the tavern tells him her being a devil is one thing, but her being an exiled devil is a whole new thing. So we're going to cover up her horns. Right. So that's what the twin tails are for. She uh, is treated to a meal where she's very adorable in her reactions, you know, eating sweet things, eating her breakfast, which looked like toast with bacon and eggs on it, which actually looked really fucking good at the time. Uh, and uh, then he goes, uh, Dale goes out and takes her out for shopping. So we have a little bit of a shopping montage. He gets very exasperated and very tired quickly. He's like, I can't believe shopping could be so tiring. I've fought. I've had monsters that haven't worn me out this much. <laughs> and then he takes her back to the tavern where she takes another nap nearby. Talks to the tavern people and they're like, so what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I could put her up for adoption. I could put her into the, you know, the the orphanage. And they're like, well, she's a devil and she doesn't know how yeah. to speak, you know, common. So maybe not the best idea. Like, all right. And he's like looking over at her and she wakes up a bit and runs over to him after like freaking out, like, where's Dale? Dale. And then she sees him, you know, comes over and it's immediately like, oh, so cute. So fucking adorable. And he picks her up, puts it on his shoulder. And he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll adopt her. And that's where the episode ends. He has a daughter, Ruth. Yes, an 18-year-old man adopts a devil girl. It's what it says in the tin. Indeed. As the uh, uh, the ED plays, we clearly see that we're going to see Latina grow up. Because we do see oh. some older images of her. Not very much older. Probably not old enough where we see like Dale start growing a beard or anything like that. Or we uh. see it go some weird route where Latina gets feelings for Dale. But it's definitely very touching so far. It's like, aw, little orphan devil girl gets adopted by potentially the strongest hero. Who knows? Because not much is revealed about Dale's background except for that he can use magic and he can speak devil a little bit and he's pretty good with a sword. Although he's, mm. you know, not famous or anything from what we can see. However, when he did bring the devil girl into the town for the first time, the guard at the gate was like, oh, if it's you, you can handle her easily. Huh. Okay, so he does have a bit of a reputation. He does have somewhat of a reputation, so he could be good enough. But he's definitely down on his luck because the job he takes, he even says that I only took this job because no one else was going to take it and I need money to make it to next week. That kind of thing. Right. Gotcha. So, there you go. Hmm. And definitely, I'll so, continue watching this one. It was a great, like, uh, how else to put it? It was like a great refresher after uh -huh. the bloody blood fest that was killing monsters. So, quite a contrast there. Something very wholesome. Yeah, very comparison. wholesome as compared to this, uh, as compared to what I previewed beforehand where it was just like mm. people it, it I, I didn't talk about it before but um 
uh, fucking Katsu uh, Katsute Kami Date Kimono Tachi E. That mm-hmm. was also pretty brutal, like gorsome, where like there's blood a lot. Like at the beginning of it, the soldiers getting mowed down, there's blood everywhere. This one guy with his legs cut off in like the end of like the Normandy scene, where he's like dragging his legs and like the little ends of him are like dragging along. Um, people are getting blown up. The monsters are tearing people in half. The snake guy like dissolves people with his venom. It's pretty fucking brutal. Uh-huh. I see. So yeah, it was a very yeah. good refresher. Good. good, good way to cleanse the palates, as it were. Indeed. Yeah. Mm. And speaking of palate cleansers, <laughs> yes, palate cleansers, which. How about you? How about you? Uh, work off that excess. Oh, transition sucked. Never mind. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Speaking of it, so <laughs> continuing on with the theme of edutainment with anime girls, second part of that genre, very very crucial. I present exhibit number two, dumbbell nan kilo moteru or. How many kilograms are you are the dumbbells you lift? Very clunky sounding name actually. Now, if it wasn't already obvious, this one is about fitness, and it starts off with our main Garu glutton, Sakura Hibiki, as she goes on for an after-school food crawl, while data displays on the screen as to how much calories each thing she indulges on, such as fried chicken, uh, chocolates, hot dogs, takoyaki, she eats everything. My kind of girl. Mm, hook me up. <laughs> And that occurs throughout the episode that, you know, we constantly see data about the calories the characters are consuming, as well as like some information about like protein shakes or whatever it is. So that's just something they usually use, something related to whatever exercise they're doing. Now, her friend remarks that she seems to be putting on a bit of weight, which triggers Sakura into a crisis, which she later confirms at home um, on the scales, which uh, and finds that she is currently about over 55 kilograms. Now, converting that into stones, which is what we have in the UK, that comes to about 8 stones, just over 8 stones, um, which doesn't seem that high concerning for a high school girl, but what might be um, a further sort of um, concern to her is that it does show in stats that she is 35% body fat. Now, this is one of those animes that displays information such as weight, fat percentage for each main character they introduce, while the whole free measurements thing is... Completely irrelevant for educational purposes as well. Wait, wait, wait. Now, eight, it's like... Eight stones. Yeah. That's 112 pounds. She's 112 pounds overweight? That's a lot. Not overweight. She's not that much overweight. That's her total weight. Well, oh. That's how much she is. What was she overweight by? I don't know. She just... Oh, uh, okay. They don't say. They don't say. She's just... Oh, she's, she's, just she's 114 scared. pounds. That's pretty light for a girl. That's what I was thinking, but then, you know, Midnight Crew or something was saying in the banter channel earlier on that um, Japan has a lot more of a kind of, you know, strict and a much more kind of, you know, high pressure to keep yourself fit. You know, they're, they're much more stricter on their... Boo, Japan. Boo. Let your fatties yeah. reign for supreme. The chubbykins, yeah. the chonky girls, let them come to me. Oh, uh, Rampant's asking height. She's 160 centimeters, according to the... Anyways. Um... It's, you know, it's slightly, to, it's slightly humorous to think that this is maybe one of the few shows in animes um, 
that has a contextual reason for displaying the data on the characters, like different measurements and height and weight and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, action is required and Sakura commits that she is going to go on a diet tomorrow. As you see her eating curry bread and then raiding the fridge while the slightly bored male narrator is like, what awaits her now that she's on the diet? We then get a um, an OP that, all things considered, is, is an energetic track that actually kind of fits the anime with visuals of the girl characters doing various exercises interspliced with shots of over-the-top brawny men. So the best of both worlds. Now, post-OP, um, we see that Sakura has been lured in by the free enrollment campaign at a new gym that has opened in front of the station called Silverman. The narration goes over that this is after failing to work out from home, showing that she gave up jogging after two days and strength training like push-ups after three days. Surprisingly to her though, she finds a girl from her own class um, who's also being shown around at the same time. Um, and she thinks that maybe she could maybe make a friend in her, but the other girl that she does notice is actually the popular rich girl whose surname kind of sounds like a Street Fighter move. Her name is Akemi Soryuet! <laughs> Which stats reveal that she, and by perspective, Akemi is 54 kilograms, but only 16% body fat, so her power level is pretty clear. Anyways, the two get introduced and Akemi shows herself to be already quite a bit of a health nut, given that she can quote Japanese health statistics and the two are guided to the workout area of the gym. Now, while it's open with a bright light and Sakura is at first excited to see what kind of facility they have, she's met with a spectacle she was not expecting. It's nothing but macho bodybuilder men as far as the eye can see. They, their muscles pulsating in a hilariously exaggerated manner while steam emits from their bodies. Mm. Now, this is a bit more this is a bit more over the top than what Sakura had in mind. <laughs> um the, and while she first turns to Akemi in order to try um in order to reassure her that they'll you know, don't worry, we'll find a way out of here. Um she, she she's surprised to see that Akemi is actually all in on this gushing about the individual muscles on the men before immediately signing up. Turns out that she has a bit of a muscle fetish. Um, and while Sakura then attempts to retreat on her own, she's immediately lured in by the Bishonen male trainer character, aptly named Machio. Now, now that both the girls are in, are in, we get a bit of a narration about the Silverman gym, and then as they meet Machio for their first coaching session of the day, we then get an education segment where he explains how to do bench press while Akemi demonstrates, of course. The anime takes whatever opportunity it can do so with close-up shots that even Sakura remarks are kind of unnecessary. But, um... Yeah, un yeah unnecessarily erotic before we then return to the anime where we get a skit of Sakura attempting to do the workout with great difficulty. Meanwhile... Akemi is already to lift, already able to lift twice as much as her with 40 kilograms for her first bench press, which isn't that much of a surprise given, you know, her character as a health nut. But, you know. So, um... Doo -doo -doo. We then get a moment of Sakura feeling discouraged before Machio first cheers her up, but then horrifies her with his true form. It is a work of art to see a typical light novel anime guy's head on a physique that puts Jojo characters <laughs> to shame. And I'm kind of sad that this reveal was already spoiled in the opening, but it's humorous regardless. I've posted an image already in the chat. You see what he looks like already up there. 
So there you go. Um, you know, and again, again, uh, this kind of shocks Sakura, but you know, Akemi's all about the muscles, so she's she's totally fine with this too. Now, next we get some skits dealing about post uh, post workout muscle pains, information on taking BCAAs. And the two girls bonding over being gym buddies. And it's time for workout number two now. We first see the resident expert Akemi doing it well before we see Sakura attempting it herself thinking that it's going to be easy. This is, these are squats by the way. Before starting to die at the fifth rep. Now still the lure of getting that beach body spurs her on and she completes the workout. And this is topped out with a last skit where um, Akemi is uh, wall slams her with a proclamation that the two of them are going to become the most macho of all, which of course horrifies Sakura. So there's that. But wait, there's more. See, I wrote that as a joke there where I wrote the word wait with the spelling for the word waits that you left, huh. but it huh. doesn't really work huh. well in a audio <laughs> show. So kind of fucking fails now anyway uh, there's a post-credit scene where they go over the exercises from the episode in a manner that i think you're supposed to follow along with actually at home but that's about it that's before that's what happens before they close out so okay honestly uh oh yeah here's an image of the wall slam scene so honestly when i first saw the poster for this along with the dogokobo being behind it i was kind of worried at first um because I was worried that this was going to be just only fan service fest. And while this show does take advantage, mind you, of the positions the characters are in during its infomercial parts, it doesn't seem to be as bad as it could have been. And the show plays up the absurdities in the right way where they acknowledge the premise is kind of out there for an anime. Um, not to mention, it's a fairly balanced approach when the frames... Um, wait, when the frames not... Oh, yeah. It's a fairly balanced approach that when the frames are not featuring the girl characters, you just get <laughs> it's balanced out with rigorously ripped men on the screen at the same time. That reveal when you see the guys ripped uh, straight out of Grand Blue um, working out is hilarious because of how over the top it's animated. And the over the top is probably the best way to go with this kind of show. I also kind of like, uh, uh, I also like to think this part uh, this is part of a long line of anime in which the Japanese are trying to rehabilitate the otaku crowd. Like, <laughs> like when there were anime girls used to advertise being in the military uh, or those anime geared towards showing how, you know, like, in fact, your anime that you were doing there is like one of those anime that's geared towards showing how great it is to be a parent because they're sort of facing a population issue over there at the moment. Oh, yeah. So there's been like a bunch of anime that's like, oh, no, being a parent's great. Come on, guys, breathe, breathe for the love of God, breathe. But anyway, or go out into the point. forest randomly and find a devil girl who needs a parent. She yes. will love you That's... and and adore you, and you will can you can call her, you can call her whatever you want because she is a perfect child. Yeah, take her in. It's totally not kidnapping. We can just call it an adoption, and it's all fine. And it but definitely yeah. won't get weird when it reveal you reveal it to her that hey, you're 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 adopted. I mm. found you in the forest. But back on point, do you even lift Oni-chan is certainly a dumb way to get informed about fitness, but the creators were dedicated enough with the concept that I'd be lying if I said I didn't somewhat enjoy it, putting aside my feelings towards the studio. We have a long and complicated history. <laughs> so, <laughs> while this may come as a surprise, I think I'm, I'll, I'll maybe go on with it a little more. 
it's by no means a masterpiece, uh, mm. but I have found it to be entertaining enough to be that silly show that you have on the side when there's nothing else that fits that niche. So, yeah. Maybe that would come as an even bigger surprise that I'm probably going to keep on watching this one too. And as uh, chat has been going over it, her BMI yeah, for I... her height versus weight means she's right. either underweight or she's middle of the row. So she, yeah, she's me, not overweight by all. Yeah, but she, you know, she's, um, because she is that Gyaru type of character, you know, she's spurred on to lose weight so that she, you know, has the perfect beach body and can you know, get all the guys and stuff sort of thing. So that could be part of it. I will say, though, I definitely... Mm, she is, what did you uh, think of the screenshots, by the way? I posted got some good screenshots. The, the yeah. long-haired... The black, uh, black-haired, black long-haired girl who's more oh, yeah, of like the... the muscle fetish. Yeah. yeah, the muscle fetish girl. She's got some yeah. good uh, some good eye-heart-as-pupil eye reactions. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but I think uh, I think Gauru girl has my full attention. Because I, I ain't got thing. really good, I ain't got any really good muscles except for my calves, which are like, even the gods, Zeus himself would try to fuck my calves to make another god because of how perfect these things are. But uh-huh. uh, the Gauru girl, mm, mm, yes. I see. There you go. That's, uh, that's, that's, that. that's a hot piece of Gauru right there. Mm. What did you think of Machio-san, the, 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 the trainer guy? <laughs> I think he looks like the protagonist from the Devil Girl, the Devil Daughter anime I previewed, who just Uh hit Gold's Gym. (laughs) Like, (laughs) seriously, like, Gold's Gym pumped this guy out and then put his head on top of the body. It's just the amazing disconnect because his, you know, his... At first, he just looks skinny and stuff, but then just immediately, he can at, at will just go and burst his body apart. It's, it's just like, yeah. It's like the it's like that guy from uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, Armstrong. That's right. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of like Armstrong. <laughs> Armstrong and uh, who's the other guy? Um, oh, I know who you're talking f- about. I can't remember the husband his name. The, of uh, yeah to the trainer lady, I the chick with the dreads. Yeah, because like yeah, they like at people. one point like they their muscles tear off and they're like talking to each other with their muscles and like they clasp arms and they're like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah I so was that's, uh, that's that's pretty good the experience <laughs> all right well uh, that. Yeah. Uh, that does it for our exercise for today. I feel, whew, I feel mm. worn out after looking at all those uh, hot, muscly images that you posted. And you could too if you join the Discord, you guys listening at home who aren't in there already. Or if you joined a gym and you just looked around. Oh yeah, that too. Actually, that does kind of capture that feel, by the way. You know, when she's walking in and they're really over-the-top muscly... Like, sometimes it feels like when you first go to the gym, like, that level of intimidation where, like, everybody there is looks so much more ripped than you. I had that when be- I was walking on Saturday <laughs> because it was 109 degrees outside. I went for a yeah. walk. Every goddamn guy around here had his shirt off, and they were, like, Adonimous bodies. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck are you guys doing? I get it. Mm-hmm. You're showing off. I'm wearing my full, like this thing because you can see the jiggle 
and I'm ashamed. <laughs> so I don't want to take my shirt off, but goddamn, I'd love to right now. But yeah, I, I get that. Uh, I don't get that with our gym, though. Our gyms, they yell at you if you even take, if you're even just wearing a tank top. Like the girls, like oh, right. my dad's girlfriend one time went there, just put on the tank top and like her workout yeah. shorts. And they were like, you can't just wear a tank top. You have to wear a T-shirt over it. Huh. And then my dad actually went to the manager and was like, uh, that's not true. You guys did that. And then they fired that person who yelled at her. <laughs> Apparently oh, some see. old bat was there at the gym, too. That's Planet Fitness oh, for you, where it's like, you can't have any lunks working here. You can't drop weights and whatnot. You have to... Be respectful, even though some old bat was like, young kids these days, they can't have their tank top showing. Any hoozles getting off track here. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, does it for another previews show, previews number two. I okay. thank okay. everyone for tuning in, of course. But before we go, we do have our listeners who support us to thank which is Algazero, Shuji, Phantom, V, uh Tentatively Mal, and all of our anonymous sponsors. I think we caught them all? Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Okay, good. Whew. Good. I wasn't as sure as myself this week as I was last week. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I maybe missed one, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let's see here. Phantom, Shuji, yeah. V, uh, Algazero, Tentatively Mal. I think there's one more, but usually I can't sex. Hmm. You got the list somewhere? I don't wanna I don't uh, wanna forget I someone here. Yeah, I don't usually fill up anymore because usually you get all sex, so I like oh that was who was it? Sorry about this. Yes, we are looking up names. It'll be really embarrassing if it turns out there was there wasn't. Yeah, you're screwing over the whole thing. Curse you! Ah, the professionalism. Oh, here it is. Tag Algazero, Phantom, Shuji, and V. Intentively Mal. Oh, tag! I forgot tag, tag. I think. Yeah, I think tag wasn't mentioned. Yeah, ah, was tag. So I forgot. Tag. Sorry, tag. We apologize. There we go. So there, there we have it. We have everyone. I thanked everyone. Ah, Alright. Well, I think that uh, does it for the show. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, sticking around, listening, and until next time... Keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime list strong.